Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Codex After Dark. My name is Tim. This guy over here is Jamie. And down below, we have the coolest number one fan since number one fans were invented. And that is Tone Falcone. Tone, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Good to right be on. here. It's Thanks for joining us, awesome buddy. to have you here. Absolutely. So, Tone, real quick, tell everybody uh, who you are, what you've done, and why you're here tonight. Okay. Uh, well, my name's Tone, as everybody knows. Uh, I, I tend to go by my friends and family, Tone Super. That should tell you I'm a lifelong comic book fan right there. And um, I'm just, uh, and I was introduced to comics when I was young uh, by my uncle. And he's a classic collector when he was still with us. And uh, so I grew up reading uh, classic Marvel as an early Fantastic Four, early uh, early Silver Surfer, Submariner, uh, really a lot of books. He liked horror books. So Werewolf Am I and things of that okay. nature. Like and, Vault uh, of Secrets and things it, like that. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, really corrupted my young, malleable brain. <laughs> and what um, comic books will do. Yes. And so uh, I, I collected through mm -hmm. as I could, moved around a lot, eventually joined the army. Uh, and I'm sure every comic collector knows the stories of uh, collections, uh, collections found and lost, right? Destroyed, <laughs> right? Lost. And so um, and then uh, but uh, it's something that just never really left, regardless of what phase of my life I was in. Uh, I ran I had my own uh, podcast for a while. And um, just life and time, I had to push it to the side. And then I found an awesome group um, called uh, Comic Character of the Day. And I tried to stay active in it. And uh, that's where I met you fine gentlemen. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't use the term fine, but <laughs> I would. I appreciate. Well, Tim, I mean, <laughs> you, you'd use any word in your vernacular. You're possibly good. Buddy, I was around when words were invented. So yeah, they're just made words up. Are mine. <laughs> oh dear god but yeah comic character today guys i can't talk about them enough actually they just approved us for you know being on so <laughs> thanks kevin if you can hear me um but no that we we've gotten so much out of there i actually told a funny story to kevin when, we, when i first started this we were trying to post in there like hey you guys made the top three and topic of the week blah 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 and it kept getting deleted they kept deleting me every time I post about the podcast. So I was just like topic of the week. Then I kept doing that. And then slowly started gradually talking to Kevin. And he's like, dude, go ahead. He goes, we love you guys. You guys always have good topics. Always, you know, always pushing the envelope. You guys talk. It's not like you guys don't do anything. And then now go check out their group. Um, we are running something with them. 80th subscriber gets $10 comicsology gift card. 100th gets a $25 comicsology gift card. If you subscribe. Absolutely. Um, definitely go check it out all you gotta do when you are the 80th or the 100th just the what was it the most recent video comment from yeah. comic character of the day and you're in hey and before we get started guys don't forget if you are watching this live or if you're watching this later and you are not a subscriber of the codex station that is definitely something you need to do right now go ahead and hit that subscribe button i'll take wait the notification bell out to a nice dinner bring it back and read some gentle, calming stories to it. And also hit that like button too. Uh, so that way you don't miss out on any content mm -hmm. we have. So gentlemen, let's go ahead and get Codex After Dark started. And I got a question for you guys. So I don't know if I got answers. Well, I hope you do. Um, I was I just watching, we, we just finished the uh, Tobey Maguire trilogy for Spider-Man last If night. you make me, me rank them, my kids you're not going to like it. 
No. Okay. Um, but uh, like it's 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 different. Like when we were younger, when when we watched those movies, I was talking to my brother-in-law about it, and he said that's all we had. We didn't have anything else. But my kids have been exposed to the MCU since they could watch television. Um, now we watched the Andrew Garfield uh, two movies and, and those are their favorites so far. And the Tobey Maguire movies, what we got started with uh, Spider-Man two is one of my favorites in uh, breaking the code. It was in my top five, yes, it was. but uh, with, with my kids, I mean, yeah, exactly. With my kids, the first Spider-Man movie is their least favorite out of the Tobey Maguire stuff with number two being top and number three, being number two so how do you guys feel about things like that like like watching them now versus when they came out first and tone since you're our guest tonight why don't you go ahead and take that away wow uh great question um so it uh something i always say to what i'm gonna loosely uh, coin uh, identify as newer fans of the form mm-hmm. um is that um because I've been loving these forms and properties for so long, I have a sense of perspective and legacy on it that they may not have. Mm -hmm. Um, And someone will look at a movie nowadays. That's a a great example is Iron Man two. And uh, they'll say, "Uh, how do you like that movie? That movie is completely horrible. Right. I love Iron Man. And I'll say um, when graded by its modern peers, maybe it's mediocre. But if you look at the grand scope of where comic movies have come from, and come through it's outstanding right yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and if i said uh and i'll give it uh i'll i kind of give that perspective to it like I, I had to sit through as a as a as a marvel comics fan the first punisher movie with dolph lundgren right and um and i love it from a, a nostalgia view but i can't I, at no point of me did i ever say this is a great movie right it was what on, we no. had and what we accepted at that time because it's what we had right because he had the shaved skull uh, in his uh, <laughs> i think it was the whole Dolph lundgren struggling somewhat with english that kind of put me <laughs> off uh, yeah. the movie but uh, i come back to it's what we had so we accepted mm. it at that yeah. time right and so the product is so much more developed nowadays um today's kids uh, they don't have to just accept what's giving because the, it's exploding and they have so much choice. So there's so the- much saturation with, yes. with everything they have. And yeah. Jamie, you and I have talked about that before. Oh they yeah. Have, they have quality <laughs> animated features, quality animated features, quality Netflix, uh, uh, ongoing Netflix and television series, mm-hmm. quality right. movies. Right. Um, yeah. And so many of uh, today's youth, have been exposed to comic forums without ever having picked up a comic book. Right. right. Okay. That makes sense. And so I think that when it comes to a property like, uh, like uh, Iron Man, I should say Spider-Man one, two, and three. Uh, now, interesting. I rank them as in two is my favorite. And I think two is one of the best uh, superhero movies ever created. Yeah. And, and still one of the best Spider-Man movies ever created. Um, I would I would rank them two, one, three, right? Yeah, same, same as me, absolutely. Um, but I could see I could see uh, three has a lot of moving components. It's really bombastic, bombastic compared to the previous two, and I could see that catching the attention uh, of someone. It's more in line with what they're doing with movies now. Right. Um, 
with multiple characters and multiple angles being worked in multiple ways. Um, I could see uh, someone younger versus me where I'm really, I tend to be a, uh, I, I love the glass, the blast and the, the kind of the, the, the glitz on it. But at the same time, well, I, I like a lean story. Let me right. ask you this then, Tone. Do you think that Spider-Man 3 was a trendsetter, but in all the wrong ways? Um, oh, my inner critic makes me say <laughs> Spider-Man 3 was a smoking crater. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, there's so little I find redeemable in the movie. With that being said, I could see some movie executives saying there's something to build on with the formula if the formula mm -hmm. is better executed. I could see that okay. discussion. Um, yeah, but beyond that, it's hard for me to, you know, a little bit of vomit here in the back of my throat <laughs> when it comes to Spider-Man 3. Um, and, and to be fair, to be completely fair, and maybe this is unfair, but I'm gonna try to be fair. Uh, I think Spider-Man 3 left me hanging because I just didn't, uh, you can't, I don't, I, you can't shoehorn Venom in, uh, Topher as Vim, Venom and, and do such a poor representation of such a critical Spider-Man character. Yeah. Or and then Gwen Stacy for that matter too. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. Uh, and then package that in to something as important as the relationship with Harry right what's happening with mj like mm -hmm. that's a lot of th those are a lot of storylines and plots that could develop the entire movie lot movies on their own and you smash them all and sprinkle sprinkle venom on the top it felt very much to me uh like i was watching batman and robin and okay. the way they just kind of threw bane in and did it really develop Bane? He's like, a, he's an attack dog that Ivy keeps. Oh, you mean it? You mean the super soldier serum that they used on him? He yeah, was yeah, just, it, yeah, yeah. And they so they say it in there. What is it? What kind of? What is this super soldier serum? Yeah, it's like <laughs> TM. And, and like, so I'm pretty sure that belongs somewhere else. It's they, like they Godzilla, gave, but it's not. They gave they gave toe for that. You know, maybe they didn't give him enough room to run with it. Maybe it was executed exactly like they designed. But now it's not fair to compare that Venom to Bane, who had literally mm. no speaking role. Yeah. But but with that being said, I feel like the same mental approach took place. We're going to get this character in here, show him and throw some powers on him and show him mix it up with the hero. Okay. And um, and so, yeah, I'm really harsh on Spider-Man 3, but I can see that formula being influential in today's movies. We have a right to be harsh on it, though, because... Like and Jamie, take it over after I give my point. But but like from my perspective, uh, after watching it again, I hadn't watched it in I think six or seven years. Uh, and watching it, you can see what Raimi wanted to do, and I I think that that was uh, definitely the Sandman aspect, and there was a lot more that he wanted to do with that that he couldn't do, and the the conclusion of the triangle between Harry, Peter, and Mary Jane. But shoehorning Venom in there and throwing Gwen Stacy in there. Gwen Stacy served no purpose in the movie whatsoever. Uh, and, and if you took her out, it wouldn't have made any difference. And, and Venom, he was just, like you said, stamped on there. And you can tell where executives had the final say on what took place in that movie. And you can see how Sam Raimi would be upset and be like, I'm done after this 
And don't Jamie. forget, they also found a way to jam Sandman in there also. Yeah. You know. Oh, Jamie, me. what are your okay. thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> it's my turn. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that the, the best part of three was the fact that he got the symbiote suit. And mm-hmm. that was the thing that drew me in even as a kid was the fact symbiote suit means venom. So that always holds that. I don't care how bad Topher Grace was as Venom. I don't care. It was you. You couldn't help yourself being like, this is the first live action Venom. No matter how bad it was, your interpretation was we are getting Venom. Woody Harrelson so, is carnage. Still, <laughs> but I mean, still better than Topher Grace. Um, but I mean, when you look at that aspect and I, I agree totally with Tone on that, too. You know, you, you, they had this trend setting act. It kind of manipulated the way I think the MCU kind of guided itself. Okay. Later on, you know, you had these sub story plots and then they were supposed to come together when they were supposed to make four, but it never happened. And it, it was the same thing with almost like the amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We had all these little plots that were like too oh. much sub story, not enough. Yes. And then once we, once they're like, we're making three of them. We never got three, so we never no. understood. I wanted to see Paul Giamatti as Rhino. I'm sorry. Like I, I am in this it. big Rhino suit. Do exactly. you like uh, that? Yeah. You gotta admit that hurt my heart. That really <laughs> hurt my heart. I know. I know. I heard everybody. I think that hurt me worse than Venom. But like, uh, uh, yeah. I'm in the theory. I think I like a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's it, it, the popcorn. No, it's not the salt of the popcorn, it's the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but no, if I, if, if this was like younger me, like had mm-hmm. to grade them all, it would have been two, three, one, but obviously the realistic version of it is two, one, three, as always. I yeah. mean, oh yeah, it, but just seeing the way, like the suit took over Peter, he had that whole struggle. He had the emo hair phase where he's like dancing and going through everything. Um, it, it was like, okay, I could see this happening. And then even the bell tower scene like him ripping it off after slamming the bell like as a kid i'm like holy this is awesome that's right out of the pages yeah like this is perfect and then Topher grace comes and is like a venom it's like no you're not tom hardy is 10 years later okay (laughs) calm calm it like (laughs) okay so so let's take it in a different direction tone a little bit of what we were talking about in the pre or i think what we were talking about maybe off camera uh uh, yeah uh low budget comic book movies now my personal opinion is the best low budget comic book movie ever made is the fantastic four's first movie i think that is what you have on bootleg I I I had to say that out loud. I have two copies, ladies and gentlemen. I have two. So that way, when somebody comes along and is like, I've never seen this. Oh, really? Here you go. Go ahead and watch that. If I'm not mistaken, you are not talking about the Fox first Fantastic Four movie. You are talking about the first first Fantastic Four movie. Hand stretched to the scene. Yes. The the Roger Corman extravaganza. (laughs) Absolutely. Mr. Death Race 2000 himself. Um, I think that's the best on-screen representation of Dr. Doom that I have ever seen. Uh, And uh, going into further, like with the Marvel stuff, the independent stuff, like you said, Tone, uh, uh, it was 
it was all we had. And the Punisher, even watching Dolph Lundgren and his ver- uh, their version of Microchip, the drunk uh, Shakespeare poet, um, watching him and him fighting a version of what would be the hand, I guess. Uh, but you go to Captain America. I mean, Captain America was was something else, but Red Skull looked amazing. Okay, why why are we neglecting the fact that David Hasselhoff played Nick Fury? Like we're going through everything else, but we're not talking about the Hoff wearing an iPad, chopping wood, and chopping wood. <laughs> yeah, I will have you know, I said I spent a lot of time in Germany, and the Germans love the David Hoff. Hasselhoff, right? And over there, he's actually a singer, right? Oh, yeah, and so um, I, uh, and. So all of David Hasselhoff scenes tend to find their way on the German television, right? <laughs> so the way I found that particular movie, and that was like, I'm, I'm flipping channels, and there's oh. David Hasselhoff shirt off cutting wood. Like, <laughs> that was the moment you knew. What's, what's, what's this? What's going on here? Right? But it's all in German. I can't understand it, right? And, Nick but, but, but him being with no shirt on chopping wood, you're like, I'm going to get this on for a few minutes. And I, what, and I said, I said, hey, what's this? And, and my girlfriend's like, uh, she said, uh, I said, that's Michael Knight. What's Michael Knight doing on television? <laughs> and she's like, that's Michael Knight. That's not Michael Knight. That's David Hasselhoff. She got really like huffy with me. Like, <laughs> no, like she was okay. offended. It's like something going on here with you and the Hoff. Right? <laughs> and, and, uh, the Hoff like, took no, over. He's a good German man, right? And <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, I've got to find this. What is this on television right now? And um, and so we sat there and watched it. And uh, so you know, in a, in retrospect, looking back at those things, um, they tried. I, yeah, I, I think uh, there's been a very important maturation that took place in Hollywood, and I think Blade to X Men did this. Thank right? you. Um, a lot of people like, oh, you know, the X-Men, the first, uh, you know, Marvel movie. I'm like, oh, stop the press. No, nope. actually Blade. Right. Uh, from that gave to me Blade after the whole Batman debacle. Blade Jamie, turn the volume up on your headphones so you can hear exactly what Tony no, I'm, said. No, I'm, I'm listening. I'm fine with Blade. <laughs> OK, my problem is Blade, half of Blade 2 and all of Blade 3 him tattooing eyes on his eyelids doesn't mean anything. We're talking about the first blade with. No, I'm yeah. fine with the first blade. That's what you seem to forget. It's every time you go, Hey, after blade one, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Blade That's two cool. and blade three do not exist. No, no. Yeah. they got blood um, like the rest of them. I believe that it was blade. Like after, you know, the Batman franchise really, you know, takes the nosedive. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hollywood wants to touch comic movies with a 10-foot pole for some time and but vampires become popular right and vampires put butts in the seat and someone at new line was smart enough to say hey marvel's got this property called blade and we can make a great vampire movie out of this and it's not advertised as a comic movie you had to look at the small lettering at the bottom of the screen during the the, the rave in, in exactly. bloodbath yeah and and i feel like it was the success of blade taken from a very serious context that gave the studios the the uh how can you say the courage to say well let's explore spider-man and let's explore these other properties we have mm-hmm. the x-men and what's key the transition that you get is who is who are the movies for? And I believe that our generation of comic movies, these Hollywood producers and writers, mm-hmm. 
are believe they are making movies for kids, right? And I believe that 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 Blade movie changed that, and these okay. studios start saying we want to make movies for adults that kids can also watch. Because if you look at the themes in Spider Man, the first mm-hmm. Spider Man movie, they're very mature themes. And like the just, Toby Maguire Spider Man. Yes, exactly. Spider the the first Spider Man movie, yeah. and let's and take the first X Men movie. If you look at the cinematography of the first Spider Man movie, it's really geared. It's bright colored, like it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Right. There's some comic element to the way they shoot. There's mm-hmm. a lightheartedness to the dialogue, and I think that's meant for the kids, right? But these serious themes that they they struggle with, like Harry really being disappointed at his failure to impress his father. Okay. Um, Norman's descent into madness, right? Dude, the, and Willem Dafoe did an amazing job there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Those were meant for us as adults. And in that last scene, I, I, I personally believe that every great comic movie has to have a quintessential iconic scene for that character. Like uh, if we go to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, it's the elevator mm-hmm. scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, we get uh, for Spider Man. It's that last for me. It's that last scene with uh, uh, with Willem Dafoe on the uh, stab with the Hoblin guy. Uh, don't uh, tell Hoblin Harry. Rider. Don't tell Harry. Peter. Don't tell Harry. And he yeah. dies. And the next time you see Peter, he's holding his body. The, the look back to Harry, right with the torn Spider Man. It, it just it resonated Spider Man, and that was for me, for the adult me, right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the movies, as they've gone along, have done a great job balancing that. We're not just making this for kids. This is actually a movie that needs to attract kids and keep kids interested. But we want that adult second and third layer of cell there also. Right. And um, and so that's the difference between the Punisher then. Right. And what we get in a Marvel movie now. Right. Um, and so that Punisher there it meant to be campy. Like when they were making Batman movies in the in the in the eighties, in the nineties, they wanted to be campy. Schumacher mm-hmm. said it right. We wanted to be over the top. We wanted to be campy. Want bad nipples? Yep. We we're trying to get today's kids butts in the seat, right? And and pay for licensing and mm-hmm. toys and yep. video games and everything. Oh when yeah. You get to the Nolan Batman. That movie is not for kids. It's we're going to take a serious take. That's for us. Yep. And, and that that audience has grown up, right? And so mm-hmm. Marvel on the other hand looked at what Nolan did. Oh, dark. Let's see if we can little. Let's see if we can kind of thread the needle between the middle here. I think we can make a serious movie with these characters while making it accessible to use. And, and I Go, yeah, ahead. go ahead, please. No, I was I was going to say I I think that that when they really got it right uh, or started to figure out the formula was at four, and then when Avengers came out, all of you remember the summer of the Avengers. By God, we had never seen a movie like that in history, and everybody had to go see that. And yeah. then from there, it was on and they've left everybody in the dust ever since agreed yeah spot dead on yeah oh yeah all right well let's go ahead and get out of these movie seats and uh let's move on to something else uh let's see here so i got a couple of books in the mail the other day i just want to show them off real quick yeah so uh he's learning he's showing them live on air instead of being like hey guys well i know show them but i'll talk about them 
I know Sonny's in the chat too. Hi, yeah. Sonny. Uh, so uh, something like it's, I'm on the hunt for. He, he uh, can't be on the show, but he could be in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> something I'm on the hunt for is uh, 2099 Unlimited, uh, the full 10 issue run. And I got four of them today. I had three, so I got four. Now I have seven. I'm only missing three. But uh, these are the issues that I got. I got issue number one, which is the first full appearance of Hulk 2099. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got uh, issue number two. This is one I used to have when I was a kid. What the shock? What the shock? And I absolutely love. Oh, I just seen Tone just bring out a pile there. I Uh was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Then I got uh, 2099 Unlimited number eight. And I think this is kind of roundabout where it's starting to fall apart. Why does Cable have his arm? That is not Cable. I know. That is, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just looked like Cable. Bird. That is <laughs> the public enemy. And then this cover I really no, it's dig. it's not. Where's the it says. This, this one, uh, number issue number, what is this? Number nine? Yeah, this is number nine. Excuse me. And I love that cover. Spider-Man 2099. He just looks absolutely fantastic yes. there. Tone, what do you got there? Um, his life. You, you can't see it pretty much, right? <laughs> um, you can't really see it. Those were awesome pulls. Awesome, awesome. Thank um, you. And I, I love the fact that Marvel uh, is really seems to be trying to make twenty the twenty ninety nine work relevant again. And so yes. I think it's only a matter of time before there's a push to try and get those back issues of twenty. Oh, it's going to be right after uh, tonight. Whatever it was, it Spider Verse Two. <laughs> Can I retire on these? You think? Well, maybe know. maybe this one. Retires is Dark strong Hawk. word. You still, you still need Darkhawk. You're never gonna retire. No, I can't buy my own island without the Almighty Darkhawk. As someone shows Darkhawk as his first comic on. There. Wait, I just missed that. Did you? Do you have Darkhawk number one? No, I do not. No, I don't. No, same boat we are. Yeah. So, um, you can't see it here to my right. But um, I have a wall, and uh, that wall is loaded up with comics, um, and I've been changing them out, right? Um, they've been up for a while, and I got different art, things I want to throw up there. And um, I'm sorry I'm not looking at the camera, but I was sorting That's through all right. You're good. And so, Me and him um, are. And so <laughs> the, the things that, uh, let's see, uh, I'm going to move this just a little bit and see if I can give you a quick look at the wall right oh yeah that wonder woman poster looks amazing that cable statue holy cow oh yeah that's that that cable statue is my baby i i think uh i, I just stared and looked at it like a gleeful idiot for like four days <laughs> i saw <laughs> x-man number one up there yeah um well giant size oh you're yeah. talking about uh the actual the no, the, the, no over over on the on the wall wasn't that like right up above to the to the left of x-force number one the million dollar comic you have in the center uh no no isn't that x-man over to the left oh x-man number one yes yeah x-man number one x-man number one hey you got great eyes all i Um, saw was the lower half of it i was like i know what that is i know exactly what's going on here and so i was uh i'm I'm always taking them off and like hey what am i going to put up now and um you know, what art is resonating with me or what, yeah. what issue moves What's me. the flavor of the week? And so uh, you were showing covers. So a couple of the things I've picked up lately, and most of these are, are things that I don't know if they're still available at the recent comics. I don't know if you can see that well. 
Oh, oh yeah, that looks great. That's Inferno, right? Yep. Yeah, that was the Emma Frost Inferno cover. That's a and, wonderful Emma Frost cover. Yeah, and it, uh, it's for the Rihanna album cover. That was it, that's what it's it's imaging, it's mirroring. Um, I've got a Mystique that was done by Art Germ. I love yep. anything Art Germ does. That oh, he, is amazing. He, the yeah. Art Germ freak over here. Ooh. Yeah, uh, he's he's bananas. Uh, well, you, you trade really, for that. You can't really see it. Um, but up there, my favorite art germ is actually one of Impulse, ooh, right? Ooh, where yeah, he's yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's running towards the camera. I mean, he's running towards the, the comic face. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just speaking, awesome. Speaking of Impulse, my son had a birthday not too long ago. And one of the books I got him, I got him a trade of Mark Wade's Impulse run. Ah, great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. I, that's what I told him. I said, everybody thinks this is amazing, Ethan. You yes. got to read this. I think uh, Mark Wade, um, every great comic character has had one writer take his hands, put it into mm-hmm. the meat and potatoes of that character and shape it. Oh, and I yeah. think Wade did that with the Flash because after Barry's death uh, in Crisis, I think Flash was really uneven for a long time. Oh, yeah. They told Flash stories, but I think it, a lot of that is ho hum and forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, just about 10 years of them beating up on, uh, on rogues with no endpoint on the and top Mark, and Captain yeah. cold. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. Mark Wade came along and did a lot of shaping and introduced characters like impulse and Savitar, um, really put Wally at the top of the pantheon and, and those, and filling those shoes of berries, not just in the action. I think there was a flash and a flash annual where he finally has his, while he has his confrontation with zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the book meandered in my opinion after that until Wade eventually got it. And Wade just did amazing things. And impulse is one of the legacy Wade characters that I utterly love. Um, but yeah, See, I'm, I, ever, I'm, I'm, I, I think that like what you were talking about, about what, uh, writers taking over characters and really reshaping them when wade went on daredevil uh and did his Mm. run there where superior spider-man came through me and uh, my brother matt were reading that together getting the same issues and stuff and we were like dude are you reading what i'm yes matt i'm reading the same thing this is amazing this is one of the greatest daredevil runs i've ever read and wade did a fantastic job and i'm reading zadarsky's run right now i think oh, i'm on yeah. issue 20 29 yeah. i think like it's the yeah you only have six more than the the fall again storyline or mm-hmm. whatever it is that's where i'm at right now and zadarsky's run <clears throat> my lord that you cannot read it as an episodic piece like it is just a continuous story and i am reeled right in Oh, I can't wait for him on Batman. Yeah, I can't wait for him on Batman either. I think it's going to be outstanding. Zadarsky has blown my mind. Um, time and time again. And uh, I just can't, from reading Sex Criminals. Yes. Right, which was so, like, over the top, a little hilarious. And, and then, um, what was it, Stillwater? I think so, yeah. Oh, dude, but yeah. I just, when, when I heard he was going to be going coming to write Daredevil, I was like, Mm, how's that going to work? Hey, right. We're going to get a yeah, over the top. <laughs> and he, um, in one of my other groups, we've been talking about daredevil now for several months. And I think daredevil 
you know, because of the current climate in comics, there's so many people that I don't buy comics. I'm not into this. I'm not into that anymore. I don't like this. I think Daredevil has been the most consistently well-written character in Marvel. Like oh, yeah. every writer, I feel like they're reading what's been done and really saying, I don't want to do what they did, but I want to mm-hmm. do something that adds value to this character. And uh, Soul before Zdarsky, um, Wade before Soul, just it's all popped. And, and mm-hmm. Wade, I, I just love all the work that's being done on Daredevil. Uh, it, it's been an amazing franchise for Marvel. Now, Jamie, uh, while I was reading the Zdarsky run, it was something that you and I had talked about before about continuity in comics and how you said that you wanted those little editor blurbs in there. And and it's nothing big on that aspect that that does bring in. But it's there, though. It's it's in the Zdarsky books. And every time I see that, I'm like, Jamie, that's for you, buddy. I see that that, right there. (laughs) But it, it wasn't so much of a kind like. Like, like I said, with continuity, like, yeah, it's cool to have Elseworlds stories. But, like, mm-hmm. we made the example, like, New 52, all those books tied together. Oh, yeah. Like, and no one realized that everything that's happening is intertwined with every book. Like, oh, they'll be like, where's Hal? Oh, he's off fighting, you know, gods. And they'll be like, check out Godhead, number one. And then it's like, okay, now we're flipping over to Godhead, number one. Now we're in, like, the third army. And it's like, where's Batman? Fighting the Court of Owls. Go check out Batman Court of Out. Like, you know, he's got there's so much going on. It's like that was the only time that I felt like continuity mattered. And well, then what? now it oh, just go ahead. but no, I'm saying now, like with Zadarsky's run and Daredevil, like that's the first it, that's the only thing that's carrying on have like bearing that torch. Well, let me ask you guys this then. I'm very curious to hear your answers. Do you think that the new 52 was an attempt at a massive a continuity run that just yes. failed or or was it just not handled right i mean is it something that fans at that time versus fans now could handle i think so i you think I, so? I i i but i th- i feel like it was an experiment that was meant to be good it just was plundered you gotta figure every almost every series was 52 issues mm-hmm. you know you had your two your your two to three annuals included you had yeah. the few uh what was it now? Because I'm thinking Future's Day for some, Future's End. There we go. Mm-hmm. But you had the Future's End, you know, engraved in there at some point. Everybody had their own book. They had the villains. What was it? 23.123 and four. Some of them had. What and Convergence was the absolute end of New 52. Yeah, and then Convergence right? was yeah. the end. But every book seemed to have, even if you read like Justice League, for example, if you go through that whole Justice League book, you know what every character is doing that's not at the table at that time exactly what everyone's doing okay and you know you you look at something like like a green lantern which vendetti did an amazing job on um you look at something like a batman you you get oh go check out batman and robin go check out green lantern for this and it's in Mm -hmm. a batman book like you haven't seen that in years since like i don't know the 90s when they just said here take this and run with it here's 200 issues see and i think dc at this point in time is just all over the place i don't, I don't that's think why they have i called the reboot consistent yeah tone how do you feel about that i've been thinking about it um i feel that new 52 and this is going to be harsh but it is how i feel no it's fine it's had too many mediocre to poor books to be successful yes 
And while while Kant, I think they did do, when, especially when you lay it out like that, Jamie, I mm-hmm. think they did do an excellent job of lining up uh, continuity between the books, right? Right. Establishing you where knew characters what was happening were. Right. at all uh, times. But I think that has to come secondary to a good story. Yes. And too many of the books um, just quickly started falling flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember picking up The Fury of Firestorm. And, yeah, uh, that, and, that hurt. Yeah. And, and I was picking up the Dr. Fate run. And by the time I got to issue 13 and 14, I'm like, where are they going with this? They yeah. don't seem to have a path with this. Um, and I felt there were too many books outside of the big books. Right. Like, right. New Superman was going to be handled well. And they even made some great shifts in Superman mm-hmm. um, because people didn't like their original take on that Superman. And they said, well, let's let's modify let's let's modify this some. Um, but there, you could tell that there was an effort to make that work. And there was an effort to make Batman work. I think Batman New 52 was just right. Snyder and Capullo yes. were tearing like, it up. Like, and then there's a couple of books like that. You had Batman, which was it. Snyder and Capullo was amazing. Mm-hmm. You had like Green Lantern. Then Deddy just came out of nowhere and just made this amazing run. Yeah. And took like, hey, we're going to make uh, hell basically a rogue here. Yeah. Okay, and just took off with it. Um, what was it? Uh, well, do you think he's like Batman, and Robin? Uh, I'm hang on, like Tomasi. Yeah, you got Tomasi on that book. Like you, even like you said, there was a couple that like they missed. They they swung for the fences and they they, well, they stuck out. But well, why, you gotta oh, go look ahead, at go you gotta look at some of the other ones. You look at like Grayson, for example. You had Tim Seeley and then Tom King come on. This mm-hmm. is on the verge of Tom King with Vision. You know, mm-hmm. and then coming out, busting out Mr. Miracle right afterwards. Like, you had good writers. You just didn't have to rush in with those good writers at that time. And okay. I also, I also like, like to just throw in a little statement here at the end. I hate impugning the work, knowing, knowing, understanding now a lot better than I used to what it takes to publish a monthly. Mm-hmm. Right. I hate impugning the work of any of any comic artist. Like, oh, it's right. just crap. It's just, you know, they might write some things that they think I, I, I'm never heard of any comic writer writing something that they intentionally knew was going to be unsuccessful right they put their heart into it they, they, they mm. all want it to be successful even if it's not what they would want to do they mm. all want it to be successful and so i hate impugning their work um i felt like new 52 had these gems that were being and if you were on the gems then man you were getting some great reading in but if you but if you looked at the grand scope of what they were doing, it was kind of um, ho-hum. You want to know now and I think about it, what it reminds me of um, uh, when Marvel Marvel Secret Wars, the 2015 Secret Wars. OK, the and, Hickman and, stuff. Yeah. And they did the, like the main book was great, but I wanted more panels in every book. But the battle world, some of the books were great. Some of the books were mediocre. Some of the books would seem like they were just cash grabs. So, that's exactly right. I've got a large portion of them sitting over here in like weird world. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those that I read, I was like, what am I reading right now? What does this have to do with anything? But the Marvel Literally. Zombies versus Age of Ultron, that fit right here in the box. Real world. Right. Yeah. Right. Why? There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, and New 52 felt like that to me. Like, you've got some gems in here, mm-hmm. and but you've got these other things that are like, you know, they're drag on the ship, man. Um, and I think they started nipping them off. 
Yeah. Well, let's let's yeah. talk about that a minute. What about some of the rough cuts or the deep cuts for New Fifty Two, like Resurrection Man or Grifter or even Hawkman and and things like that? What Savage about Hawkman? Savage Hawkman. Why were they not successful? Because like with Resurrection Man, that immediately pulled me. And this dude that is immortal that cannot die constantly gets revived. But every time he gets revived, and correct me if I'm wrong, he gets revived with a different power. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing concept. And I think it went six to 12 issues and they were done. That yeah. one went, I believe it was 12. Yeah. yeah. But so no, like why you did look at something like that? Fail? But too, like, look at Talon. Talon was amazingly written. Talon mm-hmm. was to me like pure gold. Like when he started talking, we started talking about how he had like uh, the dead skin formed under his uh, heel. They keep mm-hmm. his lock pick or his pick so he could pick locks. But just like Houdini did, and he started giving like the exact information of how Houdini did stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it, I was like, okay, this is. It. I mean, like I'm sold, and then it didn't last that long. But it gave a good example of what you know the talents were. Yeah, you know, but, you look at but, you, and then you again, you look at something like Grayson, where it came off the heels of Nightwing, and then Grayson turned out to just be this fantastic book yeah. that no one thought was going to be good. Yeah. But what about putting like uh, big name artists or writers on books that ultimately failed or only lasted a couple issues? And I I hate to bring him up, but, you know, he's he's the perfect one to bring up and, and poke at with a stick. Rob Liefeld doing and Grifter. For DC. Yeah. Uh, okay. Didn't he do work on Hawkman, too, and Hawk and Dove and things like that? And it just yeah. absolutely did not pan well, out. Hawk, Hawk and Dove wasn't, in my opinion, Hawk and Dove wasn't that bad. I actually enjoy Hawk and Dove a little bit because it had mm-hmm. a lot of dead man in it and you don't see a lot of dead man mm-hmm. anymore. But uh, Grifter was good up until, I don't know like the last like four issues. Okay. And Grifter didn't last long as a print, but like, but no. the way they had everything scheduled out, it was in phases. Mm-hmm. So like phase one was this chunk of books. Phase two was this chunk of books. Right. You knew what was coming out before even you could, you know, basically put you in your solicitation. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was a good start. Like good idea. Like, Hey, let's break these in phases. We're going to make 52 issues, keep it continuity, all that. But then you look at like the lower end guys, a lot of those lower end guys are like the higher ends now in DC. <laughs> yeah. That's where <laughs> like, they got their start. You know, they got a chance to shine there. Who would have thought the guy who wrote Grayson or co-wrote Grayson was going to have an 86 issue run on Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's a great point. You, you know what I mean? Who, who would have thought that, uh, you know, the guy that did Batman and Robin was going to have this amazing run on not just detective, Mm-hmm. But well, what else did Tomasi do? I think he did All Star as well. It was like, like All Star Batman. Yeah, uh, Batman and Robin. I think it was okay. All Star Batman. No, it was All Star Batman. I thought that was Frank Miller and Jim Lee, and it never got finished. No, all, uh, it was All Star Batman. Yeah, that was in Rebirth. But no, no never mind. you got you Bad got joke. a lot of these guys that like yeah. Well, you got, <laughs> that was horrible, by the way. I tried. <laughs> that's sorry. why I like avoiding it. <laughs> that, that, that's that's Superman. We leave that to. Frank Miller. If you guys haven't read that yet, go check it out. We don't recommend it. (laughs) Uh, Sideways thumbs, Jamie, or straight straight down? down. (laughs) He gave him the old Commodus right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think there's something to be said, though, um, that New 52, regardless of its unique merits, Mm -hmm. um, was affected by the greater environment. And 
I say there, there's it's unique merits, notwithstanding, definitely having an impact. Um, I think I don't know if the data would bear this out. I'm sure there's a, an executive at D.C. that could come out and, you know, uh, pimp slap me with data that say I'm wrong on this. Um, but I feel like we had already started hitting event at, uh, event uh, overload. Uh, at that yes. time, and people were getting over the DC crisis, right? Mm-hmm. We had, uh, we had what was it? Final crisis, infinite, uh, infinite crisis. Um, there were several events back to back that led into. Now we're going to do new fifty two. It was like they were putting a new multi dangerous event out every six months. And and it was yeah, like what fifty two? Not not fifty two weeks. Countdown. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And countdown, which I, which, uh, which I couldn't get it all either. So I said, okay, I'll read the countdown and it's one book a week. Right. Mm-hmm. For, and I couldn't get them all. And, um, but, but boy, I feel like that, that rejection of another event also impacted new 52 with people going, ah, I'm kind of over it right now. Right. Uh, but see, like we're, we're, where 52 was a self-contained 50, self-contained 52-ish issue uh storyline when it once it I like hit how the you countdown, said yeah I, I can't talk today <laughs> like 52-ish. Uh, but, but once it hit countdown uh then it started tying into a bunch of different stuff and and countdown was just in addition to other things and i think that's where countdown failed where 52 succeeded it shouldn't have failed they had red hood no, no book that has Red Hood in there should fail, and yet they did that. And Kyle Rayner, Kyle. Sorry, sorry, Daryl. I'm if you're watching. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle. I, still lo- I still love him. My my favorite GL has been. He, he's just saying that because we had Banks on. He's like, I can't say anything bad about Kyle right <laughs> no, now. No, always been my favorite GL. Yeah, uh, since the day they introduced him. Um, I never as a as a fan, I never found how I always loved the concept of GL. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that always thought the fact that there were two billion seven hundred and ninety four of them was weird <laughs> to me. Um, and and uh, I haven't become a Green Lantern yet. This right. And so yeah, exactly right. And uh, but with that, um, the restructuring, the big shakeup that DC did in the nineties, um, and it, it took one of the things I, I love about it. I say this about the Spider Clone Saga at Marvel. I say mm-hmm. this about the DC shakeups. Mm-hmm. It takes balls to shake up legacy characters, yes. right? It's risk, but sometimes you got to take that risk to make things fresh again. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you love Superman becoming Electro Superman and then becoming Red or Blue Superman, right? Whether you loved it or whether you hated it, what you got to do was break from the norm, yeah. right? And when you came back to regular Superman year, four years later, three years later, right. it, it was fresh. You wanted to read Clark again. Because it gets right. stagnant after a while and it, it's just the well, same thing. That's something that I wanted to touch on, too, that not a lot of people actually talk about. You think of that shakeup and you take away those legacy characters that you originally had. You bring in a Kyle. You bring in a, you know, a Wally. A then ben you bring Riley. in And then you bring in a Connor Hawk. You know, you all these characters, their name, they're like household names now. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you can't have a conversation about who's the best Flash without bringing up, you know, Barry, but Wally. But yeah. Barry, but Wally. Exactly. And then, and then you go, okay, how about Hell? But now we got, okay, how about 
you know, Kyle, how about Simon? How about Jessica? How about Guy? How how about John? When those legacy characters were pulled, (laughs) though, and the shakeups happened, what was the fan reaction to that? If I remember right, uh, when Superman died, there not only was it one of the greatest stories published at that time, but there was also a lot of backlash, too, for killing him off. When Batman's back got broken and uh, Azrael took over, John Paul Valley, when he took over as Batman, people threw a fit. Because, and and it goes back to what I said from the very first episode we ever done on this podcast. mm -hmm. People want change until until they get change. Until they get change. Exactly. And And then they, they hate it. Like everybody, and sorry, sorry, Tim, no, but like okay. everyone hated the the Nightwing uh, from Rick or Dick to Rick Grayson. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the hatred there. Like I can kind of see it, but it's like you can't change his name. You can't change. Oh, he got shot in the head and can't remember who he is. That's the stupidest thing ever. Really? You turned uh, Superman. It blue. happened in Spider-Man three and you can have amnesia from getting hit in the head really hard and yes. then get it back. Yeah, it's oh. it, it's possible, but like everyone was like so upset. I was, I remember that panel where KGB shot uh, yeah. Grayson in the uh, back yeah. of the head, and I'm like, messed me up, messed me up. Oh, <laughs> and, and oh. I'm like, I, I was like, I didn't want to turn the page because I didn't want to know what happened next. I was like, okay, this is big. Like DC, what did you just do to me? And then <laughs> my, like we got my like favorite comics is Bruce Wayne going after Batman going after. Oh, and he just beats oh. Him out oh. of kgb's and just leaves him he's like i thought you didn't kill people he's like i'm not but i'm thinking about it and, he keeps just hitting him. <laughs> and i'm like batman gonna kill kgb's like this is bad exactly <laughs> don't don't you want me to tell you this uh, no i'm batman yeah right? I, I don't need you to tell me anything as you lay there with your broken neck in the snow uh, yeah, and dude, oh my so god painful. i need to read this issue now yeah, yeah oh, it's that was the worst beating I think I've ever seen Batman give somebody ever in a comic. And I've read a lot. Man. Obviously, you know, Tone has too. But my point yeah. being is like, I've read a lot. And I've never been able to get those two graphics out of my head. It, it takes such nerve, such balls to, to shake up these legacy characters. Kyle, I never found Hal accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, found him, uh, I found him a boring guy. And maybe for my uncle's generation, you know, the test pilot, to me, he was very bland in character. He's right. a man without fear. Got it, right? He has no fear. He's fearless. The only Come- fear he has is yeah. being afraid. Yeah, yellow. test pilot stock. Got it. And um, and green is countered by yellow. Got it. And, um, and so I, I thought the concept of the Green Lanterns was a very interesting concept. But mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until me, till it got shaken down and stripped to its bare bones mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, by, uh, by uh, Ron Mars and, and Daryl. And like, wow. Um, one of the things that's subtle that Daryl did that I thought was amazing, really, really small thing. He's the only artist of that time that got Cal's mask right every, fir- every frame. Yep. Right? Okay. And every Everyone, other artist. You read it, it's either too low or it's yeah. like right underneath here. And it's like, why does he look so yeah. off? Like, go look at some of those early issues of JLA, yes. right? And Kyle's mask looks like it's covering his face in one. That's one the one I brought up to Daryl when we had him on. I was yeah. like, one of the ones I remember is JLA standoff. It was 128, I think it was issue or 129. I it, It's one of those two. I know that for sure. But it was Kyle standing there like, 
face to face with Superman, and they like I, it wasn't even the ion. That was the ion. It. That was the ion power it, thing. It that was just it was just turn, power, right? it, it was just turning yeah. later on. But no, in there, even like when they drew the panel, he basically just becomes normal Kyle when he's talking to Alan Scott because he never fights Superman, which I'm still mad about. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's talking to him and he like flies off. The thing is like up here. <laughs> like I'm like, <laughs> why does he have like why does he look like Tonto right now? Like this this is not how it's supposed to be. But something and, as simple as a mask made it distinctive. Right. Yes. And but that's sequential art for you, dude. Yeah, like, it, if you can't get it right, then don't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so Daryl knocked it out every issue. And Ron Marks wrote the hell out of that book. Yes, he did. And, um, and so he becomes, and even with the reemerge, uh, one of my favorite, even with the reemergence of Hal and Green Lantern Rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. Even that was now interesting when Hal comes back and you just see Sinestro giving Kyle the beating of a lifetime and Kyle's hanging in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, big up in my boy in the book. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Kyle, you're going to do it. I promise you, you got know, this. The the lines that he gives, he, there's one line that, that uh, Ron Mars wrote and he said, uh, uh, was it Ron Mars all that time or was it? Um, it wasn't Winnick. Yeah. What's it? OK. Was it Winnick? Um, yeah, and he he wrote uh, Kyle Wright's staring, looking staring into Sinestro's eyes is like staring into the sun, and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's that's kind of crazy. Like you can't mm-hmm. look at like you can't look at him. It's it's, it's kind of blinding. Um, and uh, and so just the intensity of that book, and then when when Hal finally wakes up, right, he says he feels something, his bones ache, right. There's a lot of this and a lot of that, but there's a lot of damn will. Right. And I was like, I, I, I just got I just got a little goosebumps just yeah. because it impacted I, me so much. Um, and uh, but but to me, when you do the big change, mm-hmm. right, you introduce something fresh and new and it can simultaneously it gives you ground to grow. Mm-hmm. And then you appreciate the legacy character when you bring them back. Right. Exactly. And and, um, and so even even the stuff you made the key point, though. Cable is one of my all-time favorite characters. He makes my top three. And for all, everything that Rob gets gets drugged for nowadays, right? Um, Young blood. And there's a lot. Rod, Rob, contributions that Rob made are still functioning and making money and money makers for Marvel. See, and that's a point that you mm-hmm. make that is very, very clear. And, and I saw somebody say something about like how horrible Rob Liefeld was, or no, no, it was using the, that was term, you. No, <laughs> not me. It was using the term legend. We had a whole loosely. episode about it. <laughs> it was using the term legend loosely when it came to Liefeld and somebody had said, well, uh, he kind of deserves it because he's got some characters that are legacy characters. He created mm-hmm. cable. He created, Deadpool, he created Domino. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. So in that aspect, yes, he does deserve that. But I think we can all agree, though, that like what you were saying, Tone, he, he does get drugged through the mud a lot. And that is because his artwork is just so inconsistent. It's like with, with some of the stuff that he does, it is top tier stuff. Like what he did for the Virgin variants uh, for King and Black when 
Deadpool on the cover. It's Deadpool fighting fighting Venom, and then Deadpool fighting Venom Pool. No, uh, this is one they did for uh, Torpedo Comics. It was oh, Torpedo this, yeah, Comics exclusive. Yeah, and then there's other pictures of Deadpool. Well, no, the title characters. is Deadpool versus Carnage. Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, there, there's other things that he's done that is top tier stuff. But then there's some things that he did, like the Snake Eyes cover with the red suit that look absolutely abysmal and somebody had to approve that and say rob that was a great job man we're gonna put it on the cover and it looks horrendous yeah but in your eyes it might look horrendous in someone else's eyes it might look and that's very true like very true it might be a different perspective and that's what they Mm -hmm. were going with now don't get me wrong i i don't like liefeld's work as much as the next person i agree with the legacy characters I mean, look at Major X. He's been doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he was in one panel and everyone started freaking out. And then he's like, I'm going to come out with a monthly. And it didn't. Um, but yeah, when it, when it comes to certain things like that, like you guys, obviously credit credits do. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Like there's some guys out there that should not deserve the credit that they have. But because of those legacy characters, yeah, they, they earn that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, like. You you, you and so. you touched on a good point, Tone. When we had, because if you guys, by the way, anyone out there, if you guys haven't got a chance, you can check out the one shots with Ron Mars and Daryl Banks and see the full live interview with Daryl Banks right here on the Kodak Station. I had to plug that. Um, but when you have, like, we t- we asked him, like, how how was the how was the contribution between both of you? You know, and even Daryl said it's like nothing we could have ever expected. They just like, flowed. They, it, they had like, a we good flow together. And we're still that the same way today. They're working on a project right now. They can't mm-hmm. really talk about it. But they're working on a project again. And it's got me all frazzled because I'm like, yes, please. Um, yep. But then you look at some other people. Like he, he was like during the Winnick run. He's like, I was just tired, man. I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. I, I asked him about one of my favorite characters from that run, which was the villain Nero. You know what I'm talking about. Like it was like the quintessential Sinestro to Hal Jordan's Kyle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. And that's why all my stuff's like Dark Nero. If you want to find me, that's where you find me. You know, Nero has been essential because that was my guy. And then he's like, yeah, I could, he's like, I couldn't tell you. I was burnt out that time when Nick just told me what to do and I did it. And I was like, I wish there was so much more to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever you, happened to him? <laughs> Did you see I posted Nero as a comic character of the day? Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I love the Nero character. And I really. Uh, it was it was the, it was everybody's Moon Knight for DC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they did this thing that uh, it's like when you look at what Marvel did after the Spider-Clone saga, like we are trying to move as far away from this. Thing oh, yeah. As We're done. Can. Reverse it all. Put it back. We will never speak of it again proper. Right. And everyone does. And um. <laughs> And so DC, I felt like they did the same thing, right? And when it, when they start, uh, you know, re-implementing the legacy characters, and but it's one thing to re-implement, but when you diminish the the characters that were there, mm-hmm. uh, that's where I started having a problem with it. And like to see mm-hmm. Nero go, Nero was Sinestro level, yes, and then suddenly he's just nobody cares about him. The next time you see effigy. <laughs> Is a, <laughs> yes. I'm like, well, I'm talking about the writer. Next time you see Effigy, which I thought great Kyle villain, right? Uh-huh. Um, the, the next time you see Effigy, oh yeah, he's lost his mind. His mind. We never saw Major Force again. 
Yeah, exactly. They they drag him out every once in a blue moon and some yeah. other some one shot story or something. Um, nothing, nothing that's going to hold weight. And you see that with a lot of the, a lot of the villains that they cre- that they introduced in the mid to late 90s uh, mm. across all the books when they went through this big transitional period. Um, you and know, Daryl even said there was a lot of that. There was a lot of darker, edgier characters that they introduced yeah. at that time that just didn't like. Does anyone remember that Aquaman had a kid and that black man to killed him? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Yes. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, Black Manta killed his child and like twelve other kids from Atlantis. Yeah, they 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 were darker at that time. I I forgot what run that was, but it was like the first time Aquaman had like two hundred issues. Like, remember, all back then was like one hundred and eighty issues. It was like Nightwing had one hundred and eighty. GL yeah. had one hundred eighty. Green I Arrow had like that Aquaman run too. That Aquaman run was awesome, but uh, that's one of the things that were lost to yeah. broken relationship and international move. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was digging around. I just realized those books were missing like two or three years ago. Like, and now no, you're like, no, I gotta get them. Not those, no. Right. Oh, there yeah, Just come on. So, but, um, no, but yeah, there, there was darker times then. And it was just like, those, those characters, you, but you don't really hear about it anymore. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of unsettling because Kyle's had the run with New Guardians. He's had his run mm-hmm. with, uh, within Blackest Night, even though he wasn't a quintessential main part of it, yeah. he was still a main protagonist near the end. Yeah, and you you don't. You, it, one of my favorite things I told Daryl this is the one thing that they use is the Alex uh, swing. Like there was, it was in Green Lantern Corpse, right when uh, or uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corpse. Not to get that confused, but there was a part in it where. Kyle just lost the white lantern ring and he's talking to all the core members. And this is when the yellow, uh, the Sinestro corpse joins them. Mm-hmm. And they're all talking about what they went through in life. And a crow is like, I saw my whole, you know, planet die and blah, blah, blah. And another person's like, yeah, this person died loving my life. And Kyle's like, I found mine in a fridge. You want to talk and, about and it, that a little bit? No, I don't. <laughs> and, I don't, I don't want to speak of this. I know exactly where you're coming from. And you tried to pull that on Daryl and I was about to hit you through Zoom. We, we, we can dive deeper into that. No, we can't. Because that was, a, that was, a, okay, Tone, I asked, I asked Daryl a question for personally for me. I have it still saved. I'm witness. Guy, I was there. This guy wants me to post it and be like, you should post that question. I was Share like, no. it with the world. That was personal. There's a reason it was personal. But my point being is like, he's like, my, my, he's like, I found my girlfriend in a fridge. And I'm like, that is the one thing that holds weight still. Like, he was so depressed when he said it. And then like, someone turns, they're like, what'd you just say? He's like, I, it, it, long story. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, wow. Um, and you, just, and I felt it. Like, you just feel that moment. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, wow. 180 issues later. And then top of that, like seven years. Like, All right, and, gentlemen. And sitting there like, oh my God. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and shore this up with one final thought. What are you guys looking forward to through the rest of the year, comic book-wise? What's on your radar? Ooh. Jamie, go ahead and take that first. Uh, well, Carnage starts, or has already started, mm-hmm. or isn't it? it it's, it's coming. Um, I'm looking forward definitely to... Zadarsky's run on Batman because that's not going to be something where it's going to be an arc and he's gone just like Williamson right. is right now. Definitely looking forward to the rest of Saga 
Like it, mm-hmm. dude, it's like they didn't miss a beat. Two year hi two, three year hiatus already. And it's like it felt like just yesterday. And they're writing like it was just yesterday. Um, I don't know, man. Like there, there's so much coming out. So many good movies. Like I can't wait. Like it, it's just making every part of me more and more of a fan every day. Um, right but I can't wait also for people to start looking at our TikTok now and our <laughs> and everything else that we're doing because Jamie's wise brain went, let's make more work for me. Yes. And that's what I did. So you guys guys find us on our new TikTok and see our recommended readings, which, you know, when you saw us earlier, go like this, this, or this, that's how we're grading them. <laughs> so tone, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? Um, no particular comic. Uh, the uh, I, I think everyone's looking forward to Zadarcy's uh, run on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of my high water mark for what I'm expecting for this right. year, uh, comic wise. Um, there are a couple of things that are going on at Image. I kind of dabble a lot. I, I read a lot more Image nowadays. I love their approach. The, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, a, a writer can get in, tell a short story, and get out. Um, yes. And um, but. Uh, I'm really hoping that this year DC, uh, my hope for DC is that they diverge out of Batman into their other properties. We've been so Batman heavy the past three years. 12 issues mm-hmm. already currently running on just Batman alone. Yeah. Um, and I love to see them move. Uh, I'm hoping that throughout this year, they move back to more towards a state of balance. Because I think some great legacy characters are not getting the attention they deserve. Which I need a good... Be- I need a good Carter Hall book. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, exactly. I was dev- I was hurt when the last Carter Hall book w- w- was canceled. Um, and that was Vendetti too. And so um, uh, I-, I hope to see that across the year. That's kind of what I'm keeping my eye on uh, mm-hmm. from Marvel. Um, I just want to keep uh, catching the low end gems. I'll probably avoid the big crossovers in Marvel this year. Um, but the, uh, I, you know, the black cat was a great gym. Uh, oh my God. That dude, that was a sleeper. If no one's read that. And I only got that because of King and black. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jed McKay wrote, wrote the hell out of yes. that book. And, he's doing and, great with moon Knight too. And he's great. And same thing with moon Knight right now. Uh, it, the, um, and, and so that's what I'm looking for in comics. Just, I like to see continue good writing in these, not the mm-hmm. big tier characters, these the second tier characters in Marvel being made main tier and being made notable. And I hope DC diverges. Um, comic wise, I'm just really, really looking forward to Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange. Um, Isn't everybody because everyone's in it? Like, I think I got a part and I don't know it. If I uh, see how they approach the multiversal Fox and, and Sony uh, universes. Uh, and make them somehow cohesive with the Marvel. Mm-hmm. Right. Right on. Uh, as, as far as me, uh, I'm finishing up the Zadarsky run on Daredevil. I know he's coming back to do more after Devil's Reign. Yeah. So I am super excited about that. Like the rest of you guys, I am excited about Zadarsky mm-hmm. going on Batman. I think I'm more excited about it now. Uh, I want to see the end of dark knights of steel jamie has been alluding to something uh going in dark my comic guy gave me some info or or going on with it and i'm very curious to see what's going to happen with that uh dark ages i can't wait for the last issue to come out that has been magic in a bottle for for five issues issue, six issue run making you on like on the edge of your seat yeah hard to do 
And and I think it goes in line tone with what you said. Uh, all the all the best stories right now are what ifs and elseworld stories, and I think those are amazing. And I'm going to continue to read those. Uh, I think I'm going to push a little harder, reading more image and jumping over to more dark horse. Boom is already boom, boom yeah. has been red hot. Yeah, we we've been saying that since last year. Jamie and I, yeah. boom is on a. On, well, no, we kind of technically work for him too. So, <laughs> but uh, but we're I obligated. Mean, they're putting out <laughs> hit after hit after. Yes, they hit. are. Oh yeah. no, and it, it is like, dude, if you did not read that Mighty Morphin or Power Rangers run, Ooh. dude, you are missing out. Bro, Maul was amazing. Maul was great. Uh, Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer. The children. Yes. Uh, oh, how House of Slaughter is even good. Yes. Like, Something killed in children, house of slaughter, uh, uh once in future. Yes, once uh, in future, dude. Yeah. It's just they they yeah. they are oh, I keep saying they're gonna be they're like in their in a renaissance, and it's yeah. like oh, yeah. it's it, it's just this resurgence of it's independent happening. comics. Yeah. And I find myself collecting more independent now, or about even kill with like the big two. Well, and that one independent that I read that I did a recommended reading for on TikTok, ladies and gentlemen, the Codex Station, uh, Nottingham, Volume 1, and they're putting out more issues later this year. So that is something that I'm going to be knee deep in. Tone, if you haven't read Nottingham, if you like uh, Robin Hood stories or mythology, the mythos, anything like that, dive Mm -hmm. into that, buddy. It is absolutely mind-blowing i i'll put it on the i'll put another check it out list yeah oh yeah well all right guys before we get out of here tone why don't you go ahead and let everybody know who you are where you come from and if we're gonna see you again well uh i can always be found uh in the facebook group uh i'm just i'm just facebook guy so look up tone falcon and shoot me a friend invite i don't have any property or 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 media content I'm just an aficionado, a fan, just like you are, and uh, happy to be here, happy to talk. You can find me in Comic Character of the Day, uh, where I just try to chop it up with the group and be positive, non-toxic, and yes. have a good time lo- loving these characters in these universes. Um, and so that's it for me. Thank you guys for having me tonight. Thank Tone, you for being on here. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, Jamie. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead, buddy. No, it's good. I was saying, yeah, I was agreeing. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, Jamie, is there anything else you got to say? Uh, yeah. As usual, guys, be kind to one another. You guys have no idea how much I can mean to somebody in that day, especially if they're not reading comics, because that was my gateway. Um, you know, always check out the new TikTok. Exactly. Like we said earlier, I'm adding more work on my load for you guys to enjoy. So go check that out. Um, like I don't sleep enough as this. So definitely go check that out. Go see our recommended readings. Go check us out on all of our other socials. Be kind to one another, like I said, and I'll see you guys in the next one. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, like Jamie said, you can find us on all the social medias. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right here on YouTube, over there on Twitch, on Spotify, where podcasts are streamed. We got a shiny new Discord for you, and we also are now on TikTok. All you have to do is type in the Codex Station, and there we are. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Codex After Dark. My name is Tim. This wonderful guy over here is Jamie. And down below is the number one fan since number one fans, Tone Falcone. You guys have a good one.